0: Hey friends, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Today we're going to finish, yeah that's right, we've been on this series for about two years. We're going to finish this series about the new apostolic reformation. I know, I've gone long. But this kind of stuff strikes home. There's so much to talk about, and it has been such a thorn in my side for the longest time. I've had so many people asking about this series. Uh, When are you going to do this series? And and by golly, I'm going to hit this hard because there's so much to talk about. And I want to make sure you guys are informed and understand what's going on out there. And so throughout this series, we've looked at all these different components of this movement. We find that C. Peter Wagner, he's kind of the ringleader of this whole thing. He's the one that coined the phrase, New Apostolic Reformation. And this group is composed of, for the most part, word of faithers. But there are so many others who get mixed in with this movement. A lot of politicians get co-opted into this movement unknowingly. You have people like David Barton, who is, well, very much aff- affiliated with this movement. Man, David Barton really is a disappointment. He, You see him on shows with Kenneth Copeland. You'd think he would have more discernment. But anyway, uh, this group continues to grow continues to gain more power continues to deceive those who really i mean having itching ears <sighs> you know the, it, and it's and it's also those who generally don't read their bibles they don't know the word and i've run in these circles and i've been to so many of these different big gatherings where these mega conferences where you're there for a good two or three days And hardly a single scripture is actually quoted verbatim. Uh, You rarely, 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 rarely see anybody up uh, on stage with a Bible in their hand. You might see a scripture reference thrown up on a screen behind them. Maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, but mainly you just see a bunch of, I mean, a whole lot of craziness, roaring laughter, rolling around on the floor, whether you're rolling around laughing, rolling around travailing and giving birth to something in the spirit, or rolling around and twitching because you just went through a fire tunnel and now you're going to flop like a fish all over the floor. Okay, all kinds of crazy nonsense, but no solid biblical training going on in these conferences, uh, a whole lot of hype. Again, no biblical training going on, uh, and then you have things like this end time wealth transfer and this manifest sons of God crowd, the Joel's Army group, uh and of course dominionism, and that was a that's a big concern to me is this whole idea of dominionism. Guys, the beast makes war against the saints and prevails, and the story that's I mean. <laughs> It, it, oh man, you don't see any dominionism in the book of Revelation at all whatsoever, okay? It is not until Christ comes back on the clouds that uh, victory starts happening for the church, okay, who, who, who those who are left, all right? There is no end time wealth transfer. There is no victorious church dominating and taking over all the governments of the world, the Seven Mount Mandate, is hogwash. It is nonsense. And these men who are pushing this are evil men and seducers. Look, Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 to 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Guys, I can't think of a crowd, a group, who fits that right now more than this new apostolic reformation crowd. Deceitful workers... Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And you just, you know, and you think of this covering theology, right? That is uh, rampant in these new apostolic Reformation type crowds. This concept that you have to blindly follow after your apostles and prophets, these guys who are supposedly getting messages from the Lord, and then you have to submit. You have to do what they say, and and it goes all the way to the global level where you've got mega apostles, and then it filters down into the minute details of people's lives like, oh, well, the Lord told me you shouldn't take that job, or the Lord told me that you're not a good couple and you should not get married. I've heard all of that, all the way down to the Lord told me that you're not to get this operation for your baby. And the baby died. Okay? I've seen it. This stuff happens. All right? Oh, you look at Matthew chapter 24, Jesus giving his Olivet, Olivet Discourse. And the apostles are asking him about, or his disciples are asking him about the last days. And what kind of things to be expecting. And what is, what is the first thing that Jesus says? He says, take heed that no man deceive you. As in, the last days are going to be characterized by a few things. But one of them is deceit. Take heed that no man deceive you. You skip forward to verse 11 and he says, Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Guys, there is a lot of prophets going around right now. They're all false. I have yet to find a single one who prophesies correctly 100% of the time. And by the way, again, just as a note, I want to make this clear. If somebody did come forward and was prophesying correctly 100% of the time, that still does not make him a a prophet of God, all right? He still has to pass a great number of other tests before he can be considered a prophet of God, all right? But these prophets, they're prophesying falsely, so they don't even pass that test. And then moving forward to verses 23 through 24, check this out. Jesus says, then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not, for there shall rise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now I want to end today by looking at Second Peter chapter two. Uh, this You know, there are times when you're reading your Bible and you just stumble upon something that you've read so many times before, okay? And I'm reading this this morning, all right? I'm just skipping around in the Bible looking at different varying things uh, that have to do with what I'm going to talk about today before I start pushing the record button. And I read this passage, this whole chapter, you know, 2 Peter chapter 2, and my socks were clean blown right off. I mean, it was like it was the first time I'd ever read this chapter or something. Okay? And and again, I've read this a million times. But for whatever reason, today, I mean, I had to hold on to them socks because they were trying to blow clean off. It was unreal. And I want to read this to you. This is unbelievable. And it addresses this very situation. Check this out. And I'm actually going to start in chapter 1, verse 16 it says for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our lord jesus christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for we re- for he received from god the father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, right? They were with him. They saw this stuff happen. All right, moving on. Which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day spawns, dawns, and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man oh my goodness sorry this you know this kind of stuff strikes me hard i came out of my chair when i read this and i've read it a million times for the prophecy never came by the will of man i can't tell you how many times in in this hyper charismatic church we were told to practice prophesying now if that doesn't say the will of man I don't know what does practice prophesying and you know what if you're wrong that's okay you're we're just prophets in training right now and so prophecy never came by the will of man but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit all right they didn't instigate this god came to them you know, God shows up and says, Samuel, Samuel, or God shows up and kaboom, you get knocked to the ground, you're blinded. And, and Jesus himself says something to the effect of, and Jesus says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? All right? Paul wasn't practicing prophesying. <laughs> he was, he was on the road and he got knocked down. All right. None of these guys are practicing prophesying. Okay. God shows up and they speak. End of story. And so this is where chapter two actually starts. And it says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And as we've seen in this series, and we've seen in the Word of Faith series, uh, you've seen exactly that. You actually see some of these guys denying the Lord that bought them, And they start coming up with these, we're little gods uh, theories. And that when Christ came to earth, he was just a man. He was just a man. He wasn't God. He was man. And then when the Holy Spirit came on him, then he started receiving supernatural powers. <sighs> and then verse 2, And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed by covetousness. They will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. By covetousness, they will exploit you? Huh. So so this seed of faith, you know, uh, God's going to return to you a hundredfold what you give me. These kinds of things, you know, on these, these praise-a-thons, and these give-a-thons, and these... All these other thons <laughs> they're always trying to get money from you. And, 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 and then the promise is that you're going to get real rich someday. All right, sorry if I'm getting a little abrasive here, but this really works me up. Uh, verse four, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains and darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned to destruction, making them an example of those who afterward Afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the w- wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly. Out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under pun- under the punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh, in the lusts of uncleanness and despise authority, they are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas the angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Now this rings a bell too. You know, you're in these movements, and suddenly you find yourself in situations where you're trying to bind these demonic forces, and you're bringing these railing accusations against these devils and demons, okay? <sighs> Guys, if you've been through this, you know exactly what I'm saying. All the goofiest, the goofiest, arrogant uh, stuff gets said to uh, supposedly these demonic parties, okay? And here Peter's like, you guys, you're not even afraid to speak evil of these dignitaries, these demons, if you will, okay? You just arrogantly run into this and start speaking boastful words and... Uh, Look at the angels, even Michael, the archangel. He didn't go in there and say, i rebuke you, Satan. No, he was like, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) I mean, that's humility. That is, oh boy. So (laughs) moving on in verse 12. But these like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed speak evil of the things they do not understand. And will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse, carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery. Yeah, we've seen that. And that cannot cease from sin enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices And are accursed children, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray. Following, check this out, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor. Okay? He's the guy in the Old Testament that was kind of like a prophet for hire. All right? Who's going to give me money? And suddenly I'm going to start prophesying on their behalf. These, oh man, if that doesn't describe these types of apostles and prophets, I don't know what does. And, you know, when you start investigating where they're getting money, you start following that money trail. You start finding whose ears they're going to be tickling the most. (sighs) Who loved the wages of sin and unrighteousness, still speaking of uh, uh, Balaam, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they, when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Okay, so we're still talking, I mean, just in case you missed it, we're still talking about false prophets here and false apostles. All right. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. In other words, don't listen to these guys. Don't listen to these false apostles and prophets. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome The latter end is worse for them than in the beginning, for it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit and and a sow having washed to her own wallowing in the mire. Oh, guys, I think that's that's a pretty good place to stop if you're part of this movement you got to get out these apostles and prophets are teaching falsely they're prophesying falsely Uh, their signs and wonders it's it's a big parlor trick it's a show it's a sham these guys are making themselves filthy rich they're making christianity look bad they're soiling the name of christ this is a mess Alright, and you don't want anything to do with it? No. We're not gonna take dominion of the earth. When Christ comes, He will subdue the nations. We're not gonna do that. All right, so again, if you're part of this movement, get out. If you want to chat with me about this, please do. Contact me. Uh, you can catch me uh, at my email address, mike at youth You can also catch me at, at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, uh, myworldviewpage.com. I'd love to talk to you guys about it. And with that, I love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow.